Welcome to the Fixed Medical Group Podcast. My name is Dr. Sam Wag, and today I have the honor of being joined by Brett Eaton. He's a high-performance coach, helps people really excel in all different aspects of their life by, similar to us, getting to know them, and then <laughs> figuring out what their goals are, creating a plan so they can actually execute. Brett, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dr. Sam. Pumped to be here, man. I'm so happy to have you. So as I said, uh, he really helps people excel in goal setting, but not only setting the goals, actually executing. Um, most people have been around to watch a ball drop uh, around New Year's, and a lot of people set goals. Yes. Not a lot of people follow through with those, huh? Yes. We were just saying here that we're almost at, we were at the midpoint of the year. Mm-hmm. And you know, one of my favorite questions to people are like, what are your goals? And I always say, if you have to go into a a cabinet or a folder or something to remind yourself of what that goal is, it's not important to you. It needs to be something that you know what it is. It needs to be something you see often. And for a lot of people, they need to remind themselves of that goal way more often than they are. For some that's monthly, for some that's quarterly, for a lot of people, it should probably be weekly, right? Weekly check in on that goal. It's not uh, right before that ball drops again. <laughs> not yeah, you know, for if the only time you're checking goals is January first or second every year, you're given a lot of area to be distracted, a lot of area to forget about that goal, and most of the time, you're you're not going to probably be that excited year to year, right? Probably just riding high on some motivation, like in the moment. So uh, glad you brought that up. It leads me into my first question here. Yeah. What do you feel is the most common mistake you see when people are setting goals or they're trying to make a commitment to get there? Well, there's a few. The first one we just touched on where you forget about it. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you set a goal and you don't remember what it is a week, a month later, it's going to be something that is not on the top of mind when you're going to make actions or habits or, or just you know take the, the choices that you need to make each day. Another one is that people, I always say the, the only thing worse than having a goal is having a goal that doesn't excite you. So a lot of times people will set goals in January or throughout their life that they've heard somebody else set or mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, sounds good on paper, right? I always say if it sounds good at a dinner party and on Instagram, it's probably not deep enough for you. You know, it sounds good for everybody else, right. but you want to make sure you set a goal that you are passionate about. And when you say it, I believe that it should be 70% makes you excited. 30% should actually make you a little nervous. And the reason why I say 30% should make you nervous is because it should take a, a commitment. It should take some discipline. It should take some changes. And oftentimes that does make people a little nervous. Now we don't want it to be a hundred percent makes you nervous. Right, we right. want it to be mostly excited. But if with my clients, if the goal is not big enough, they're like, no, I'm hundred percent excited about this. Well, that means we're probably not stretching you. It's probably not going to take the change. It's probably not going to take, you know, the, the action that we need to get it to be big. So I like the 70, 30 split. I think yeah. that's where your goal should, should live. I haven't heard it put that way. I really like that. I think, um, of course, if we're trying to change something, something has to be different, right? Yes. So if you're seeing that hundred percent, that's probably too high a level of comfortability to create a new you, so to yeah. speak. Yeah. Um, how do you help gauge that with clients if they bring something to you? Um, mm. has, Sometimes it's a little bit of work to get the truth out of somebody and yeah. really how they feel internally about that. So how do you go about that process? Yeah. One of the first things that I love to do with every client is we do a thing called taking life inventory. Now, if we were a mom and pop shop taking mm-hmm. inventory is we got to know what we sold. So we know what we're doing. Right. So we know what we're by with life inventory. We got to know what was happening beforehand. Right. So before we just say like, this is great goals, let's set as many as we can and let's go get it. Mm-hmm. We got to know, okay, well, what are the challenges that you're facing coming into working with me or coming into, you know, working with a coach, what were some of the slip up points for a lot of people? I want to know before we even get started, Hey, I stick to things for two months and then I fall off. Great. 
I know that now. So when we get close to that yeah. two month mark, we're going to put as much accountability around it. And we're going to put as much as, as many check-ins as we need to get past that two month point. Totally. So to answer your question is I like to really know, okay, how many times has this been a goal? Has this been a goal? Is this new? Has this been a goal for three years? Right. You know, why is this a goal? And is it still important to you? And for a lot of people, you know, even like fitness, we're both, we both work with people, you know, mm-hmm. that, that do have fitness goals as some of their goals. Well, for somebody who maybe got married three years ago, the the goal of I want to look great for my wedding is different now that you're married and it's been three years. Well, guess what? We got to find new, a new why for that. Right. We got to figure out, well, why do we want to be fit now? Because it's going to be different. And for a lot of people, it's not just year to year. Sometimes it's like seasonal. Why we want to be fit or why we want to be healthy in the summer may be different than why we want to be fit and healthy in the winter, but it may be bigger than that, right? If we yeah. just kind of doing it for beach season, there's going to be a lot of up and down and we're setting ourselves for being like, I'm going to go all in on this month or two. But my problem or, or my, I guess my challenge to people who are all in all out is when you say I'm an all in all out person, you're basically saying that there are periods of our life. We're going to be all out. Right. I don't prefer that. I would prefer to be like, Hey, let's be 80% in consistently all the time mm-hmm. to where we're going to have much better results that way than constantly going full blast then starting back at zero. Right. Similar to what we said in the beginning or right before we started was a lot of people strive for that balance. Yeah. But truthfully, as you had put it, you were looking for that comfortable imbalance. Yes. So maybe it's that 80, 20, but you know, we see this with people all the time as well. When you set a goal that requires that 100%, yeah. it means you probably have to neglect some other aspects of your life. That can be okay if you're making a body composition change, but is that sustainable as we move forward? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love that you, the way you put that, I call it like, you know, like you said, comfortable imbalance or or peaceful imbalance to Mm -hmm. where if you have neglected your health for a year and now all of a sudden you're going to say, okay, I'm going to go double, I'm going to really put some time and energy into that. Well, that time and energy is usually coming from somewhere. It may mean that we spend one less weekend out with our friends. It may mean that we spend one less, you know, hour watching TV because we're going to take that hour and we're going to go to the gym. So at different phases of our life at different times, when kids come into play, when there's a spouse or a boyfriend, girlfriend in play, time and energy is going to shift. So I don't believe that there's just like perfectly all of our buckets of our life are always going to be filled at the same time. Yeah. I think we have a certain amount of like water in all these buckets. And sometimes we got to pour into the other bucket and be like, I need more here right now, especially with running our own business. Like we both do Mm -hmm. is when we're coming with up something new, we're creating something, we're launching something like it takes a lot of time and energy And sometimes, you know, we got to be okay putting like the fitness on autopilot, which Mm -hmm. autopilot is something else I talk about. Autopilot is a great thing for habits if the plane is flying in the right direction. (laughs) And I think way too many people are are on autopilot in an area of their life and the plane is five degrees, 10 degrees off. And what happens is January 1st, they look and they're like, how did I miss that? Right. (laughs) Well, five degrees off over the course of 12 months, it's going to put you way off. Totally. Um, with that being said, you brought up some different variables, like maybe the, all of a sudden you have a spouse in the picture and you didn't, or you have another child or a child, or things really shift. So when you're working with clients, how do you make sure that the habits that you develop or the plan that you develop uh, moving towards those goals, how does it fit into their lifestyle? Because mm. I think something we come across a lot of times, uh, almost anyone you talk to, kind of like you said with a goal, sounds good on paper. Yeah. Sounds good when you and me are having this conversation, but then when they go to commit to it and those time, they're like, wait, where do I fit this in? Yeah. So how do you uh, develop that with people? 
So there's a couple of different things. I'm actually going to start with something because it's top of mind. I was mm-hmm. just listening to a podcast with James Clear, the author of Atomic Habits. Yeah. And he said something that I replayed like five times. And he said that when people are setting goals, and I see this, but it's like to hear it back was so, so profound. When people set goals, they often set commitments to that goal based upon what they can do on their absolute best day. He goes, what we need to be doing is what can we still commit to and follow through with and be consistent with even on our worst day? Right. And that is so important to think about because you think about like if me and you were going to run a race, well, today we're all excited about it. We're hyping each other up. We're mm-hmm. going to commit to running five days a week and we're going to do all these races. And then what happens is tomorrow we wake up, it's raining. Yeah. And we're like, ooh, I didn't really plan for the <laughs> rain. I don't think I want to run in the rain. Uh, let me skip today. Well, we got to figure out when we implement something new or a goal into somebody's life, we got to look at one, the big picture. We got to realistically look at where we can create some time, not find some time, but create some time. And then when we go into it, we got to make sure that our commitments are small enough that we can hit it on even our, our, our best day. And one of my favorite questions to the clients is, is that realistic? And they're kind of like, are you talking me out of my goal? No, 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 no. <laughs> no but no. I just want to make sure that what we commit to, we can actually stick to it. Don't, you know, I don't want to blow smoke on, on commitment day and right. like, oh, these sound so good. They look so great. I would rather than be like, those almost seem so simple. I should easily be able to do that. That's right. a good place to start. So for all, for our listeners and when we work on goals, it's like, you heard it from the high performance coach himself. Don't do something that is attainable only on that best day. And I love that running it. That's a great example. Um, you know, coming from doing that as a background, it isn't something people want to commit to every single day when you get better. And you need to, if you truly like, that's the purpose. Yeah. I'm not talking about using running as a weight loss method. So having goals or uh, things that are sustainable, thinking about even a workout, right? Most people great during Monday, Monday through Friday. Yeah. But what happens on the weekend? Someone's a little hungover or that brunch plan comes up or you're met with opportunity to do other things. Yeah. So one thing we talk about a lot is having that consistency of workout, not so much the I'm in the gym for an hour, for two hours. It's like, did we break a sweat, move our body, work out for our mind, make sure we're pumped, pushing our hormones the right way, keeping that trajectory. And I guess uh, going now with our plane analogy, that's stopping you from making a trajectory change, but maybe just dropping an altitude a little mm, bit. It's like, yeah. we're okay with that. We're still on track. You're maybe not going the same speed or uh, covering just as much distance the same yeah. way that you would, but we're doing the right thing. Yes. I, um, lo- I love that analogy and, and the being able to slow down. You can make so much progress by slowing down. And what I've found from studying and learning and and coaching these high performers is that high performers are okay slowing down. They're not okay stopping. Right. And the difference between high performers and people who are trying to be high performers is is people who are trying tend to stop and start so often. Where if you just slowed down or dialed it back, like you said, slow the speed down to something you can be with consistent maybe in this crazy phase of your life, maybe while you have a new baby on the way, maybe while you're planning a wedding. Well, if we can just slow it down, what happens is it's still consistent. Maybe it's, maybe it's, uh, the frequency is Mm -hmm. less, but we're still being consistent. And then when we get a phase back in our life where we're like, Hey, I have more time to dedicate to this. We don't feel like, Oh, it's been a year since I did this. It's been a month. It's been whatever. We don't have to start back up. We don't have to start the engine from zero. I think people's uh, perception a lot of time is, starting with that really it's like i don't have time for the gym today because in their mind it's like i don't have time to spend two hours right it's great you don't need to spend right. two hours like yes. let's get 10 minutes of activity today yes so uh, kind of touching on a bit of fitness here what are the other buckets that someone can come to you and say like 
I want to improve this part of my life. Mm. Like what are kind of those main areas that you do help people with? Yeah. It, business is a big one. Um, mm. Whether that be whether they are an employee or whether they run their own business, we're always brainstorming ways to make more income, how we can create more projects, how for some people, hey, how can we find fulfillment maybe outside of their career? It's right. like, hey, I got a good job. I like it. It right. you know pays me really well. But I think I may find, yeah, I'm not smiling every day. I want to find that fulfillment somewhere. So, hey, let's start with a side hustle. Let's start by volunteering. Let's, let's, let's get that fulfillment bucket up. Um, By no means am I a relationship coach, but relationship always comes up because it's really important for a lot of people and it's a huge bucket of your life. And if it's one of the four most important buckets of your life, well, if we're going to be taking time and energy away from something else, we got to make sure, Hey, does it still align with the relationship that you want, that you currently have, that you're looking for? Yeah. So we, we focus on that and. A lot of the high performance coaches that I have, they, um, I had a client in the uh, last year who wanted to just have more touch points with his family. He had three kids in college and he's like, I don't see them enough, but like, I should be sending a text to them every couple of days, or I should be mm-hmm. sending a package to them, or I should be writing them a letter or get, giving them a phone call. And just a simple commitment of that. All of a sudden he was way more consistent with like weeks aren't going by days aren't going by. It was just like, Hey, I have that, that checkpoint. So yeah, I mean, wellness is a huge one. Mm-hmm. you can't be a high performer if your body's not performing the way you want and your energy isn't high. All yeah. those good things are going to come from what we eat, sleep, drink, you know, all those things. So yeah, I mean, those are the, I would say like the, the four most important buckets of your life. They're going to be slightly different for everybody, yeah. but they're all connected. The reason I ask that is, um, but I'm glad that you brought up the aspect of looking at, Hey, the relationship or the exercise, because it's so important to take inventory of all those things. Yeah. And oftentimes people, um, you know, they try to set goals in a vacuum mm. where it's like just fitness yeah, or just finance, but without taking those other parts into account, as you said, you only have so much water to go around in those buckets. So where are we going to get that extra energy from? Yeah. Yeah. It's got to come from somewhere. And why I prefer the lifestyle approach is because I believe it's easier. We had a guy in our program and, and you know, we touch on fitness, but it usually come like fitness, wellness, all that usually comes like week seven or eight. Mm-hmm. We had a guy lose 10 pounds just from the mindset of like, Hey, I'm making these changes. I'm really excited because I'm more conscious. And I took the plane off the autopilot. I'm drinking more water because Brett said, that's a good thing. That's going to give me more energy because of that. I'm going on a walk once a day. Hasn't even like stepped foot in a gym, but just making a couple more decisions, 10 pounds come off like that before we even get to wellness. That's where it becomes a lifestyle. When you start thinking like, Hey, I want to feel better. I want to have better energy. It's not going to come from like one salad a day if you change nothing else. Now, that's a great part. And for some people, that's frustrating. And I get that. But rather than, um, I'd love the one salad a day. But before we even do that, I'd probably rather you get one more hour of sleep. Mm -hmm. You know, like get more well rested so we can make more better conscious decisions throughout every day. So, yeah, it's going to come from this kind of well-rounded approach. And I think it's easier, even though it seems like we're changing more things. In my experience, it's easier for people to make more, uh, make lasting changes that way than like you said in the vacuum where I'm just going to change this one thing, but I'm not changing anything around it. It becomes a lot harder to change that one. I think it's a, again, easy on paper, but in action that becomes a lot more difficult. Right. So when you're working with clients, what would you say is the, if you had to distill down like the number one factor, the most important thing, maybe the thing you hit on the most, Mm. what do you feel that is to help people get to those goals? I really think it's, it's, I, I, I say OPE. Organize, prioritize, and execute. A lot of, and this goes for everybody, but a lot of the the high performers that I work with, they are really good executors and they've been really good executors. 
So they think that they can make up for lack of planning with just executing harder or just executing more. Right. But that usually ends up wasting a lot of energy, right? It's kind of like swimming. I think of it like swimming in a 360 degree circle as opposed to swimming towards the island. We can swim really fast, but right. if we're not going in the right direction, it's useless. Totally. So when I say organize is when somebody is getting started, I'm like, let's organize. Okay, wh- where is our time energy going right now? And then let's prioritize. If we say that fitness is important, well, we got to make sure that it's on our schedule somewhere. If I looked at, uh, if I like, I like to be like, okay, screenshot me your schedule. Somebody mm-hmm. tells me this is really important to me. Okay, let me see your schedule. Well, all I see on here is work. What that means is that you're telling me work's the most important thing. I don't see family time on there. I don't see date nights on there. I don't see any fitness on there. Right. We got to prove to ourselves that those things are priorities by scheduling them. Right. And if you pick up a phone and you see like the schedule and then you see somebody's fitness and they're blocked off, you see date night plan. It's like you're, you're not even, conv- you're not, not just convincing me. You're convincing yourself that that is a priority to you. And when you open your phone every day, you feel proud of like, Hey, I actually have blocked off time for this so much easier to follow it through. I think it's something like 30% more likely to follow through with something when there's a literal time blocked off on your calendar. Yeah. And that's, I kind of preach more about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like having that, uh, look when, when's it going to happen? Yeah. Uh, you know, we are focusing a lot on making a lot of the body changes and helping people in the nutrition aspect. We always ask, look at your week ahead. Where's your nutrition come from? Where do your workouts come from? Because I do think those are two areas, uh, especially well, the date nights and the fitness. You're going to push that. Yeah. That's going to be the, hey, honey, I know we usually get together on Friday, but blah, blah, blah came up and it gets pushed. Where if that yeah. was on there and that was a hard, can't move it. Yeah. You're going to find time for that meeting. It's still going to happen. For sure. For sure. Um, so that consistency, but also organizing. So once people uh, say they get good with that, right now we're OPE, they're, they're consistent on that aspect. What do you work with them or how do you interact with someone to just keep them on pace? Keep them Mm. on. What does that look like? Yeah. A lot of it is, is kind of, you know, in a weird way, picking ourselves up or when we have the bad week, because the the bad days, the bad weeks are going to come. What we talked about in the very beginning of this podcast is we can't go January 1st to January 1st. That's just 12 months is way too long without a check-in. Even the best performers, the rock, the, you know, the Brene Brown, whatever, like whoever the highest performer you can think of is, they're checking in with themselves more than once a year, I promise you. We got to figure out what that cadence is for a lot of people. At the bare minimum, quarterly, we got to have like four check-ins a year on just our goals. Where are we at with our fitness? You know, again, take those four buckets of your life or five, whatever they are and go assess them. In my programs, it's weekly Mm -hmm. because I want as much accountability as we possibly can. And I say weekly, a lot of times like we still have a midweek check-in and what it is, is to get that, get us better at when the train does fall off the tracks. It's not that that's never going to happen. It's how quickly can we get it back on track? Yeah. Robert Hershevik, are you familiar with him from Shark Tank? Yeah, yeah. For those for my Shark Tank fans out there, he had a line that I saw him speak a couple years ago and it's like it's always has never left my head since he said it. And he was on, on stage and he said there's not a big difference between successful people and unsuccessful people. He said the biggest difference is un, is successful people don't allow themselves to have two bad days in a row. And although that seems extreme, the point is we can't let a bad day today, bleed into tomorrow, bleed into a bad week. And next thing we know, we've had a bad month. We got to figure out why it was bad and then double down on how can I make tomorrow great. Yeah. If, I, if I had a bad day of eating, well, before I go to bed, I'm going to look and say like, okay, why did that happen? Oh, I had too many meetings. Oh, I didn't bring lunch. Oh, I didn't do this. Tomorrow, what can I make sure that, maybe not all meals, but I'm going to make sure that breakfast is with me so I have control over that. 
that is that one thing that is going to get that that plane off of autopilot going in the bad direction. So it's kind of how quickly can we get the train back on the tracks? Um, with that being said, how do you help people do that for themselves? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for you, that's probably is an easy self check-in, right? Like, yeah. all right, today wasn't the best. I'm going to recoup. Um, to somebody that this is really foreign to, or like this is a new goal, they haven't gone down this path, how do you help them get back on track? Every one of my clients does that I actually do myself is we, we, do, we do an activity called the Sunday setup. And basically it's like a 25, 30 minute setup plan that when I'm not around or even when I am around, they do that every Sunday. I do it every Sunday just to set up my week. Yep. It basically, and in that setup, there are like eight steps, there are quick steps, but one of them is review. Mm-hmm. And basically it's like you watch the game film from the last week. Yeah. Look back. What was the one thing that I could change if I could? Well, the one play that I would do over, the one day that I would do over. And we don't want to look at a hundred things because we could look yeah. back and do that. But if we look at the one thing, why I think that part is so powerful is it prevents us from making the same mistake over and over, right? If you were coaching me in basketball yep. and I constantly like did the same mistake over and over, you'd eventually be like, we, we got to learn. Right. Don't, don't go right, <laughs> go left, Start right? Yeah. Something about that. So what we got to do is we got to look at that. And then there's another piece on there that I think is really important called landmines. And we look ahead two weeks, what is going to be different about these next two weeks that I should be prepared for? Okay. Holiday coming up. Okay. So I probably won't be able to get a Saturday workout because we're going to be traveling. Mm -hmm. I got to move that into Wednesday and maybe I'll make Saturday my rest day. What can I do? I have a big meeting that I got to prepare for. That means Thursday night, maybe I should skip softball league and I should prepare for that, you know, that meeting coming up. But that allows people to, the funny thing about landmines is that most of them are planted by us. They're not these crazy things that happen, right? Like things like that happen, but most of the stuff are things that we put on our schedule that all of a sudden we walk right into and it blows up in our face because we're unprepared. So a little bit of preparation. That's something that every one of my clients does. I actually sell it on my website. It's like 40 bucks. Um, to me, I think it's like it, it, you'll make that money back in a week yeah. by just having a plan to set you up for every week. And it just allows you to kind of see some of those things from a bigger view than like when you're in it, you're stuck in it. But if you can back up and like each week, look at the one thing we would change, a couple things that we're looking forward to just gives you a much better chance yeah. to succeed. I think uh, a lot of those landmines come up in the, in the moment. And yeah. it's a lot of times, you know, it's a meeting you committed to last week and you kind of, you totally forget until that day. So now it becomes a stressful thing and you may have to flex some decisions where you're going to eat, whatever you're going to do. So just by re reminding yourself, Hey, don't forget you have that presentation on Wednesday probably means on Monday, we should do some stuff Tuesday, do some stuff and reframing your mind. So it's not like you're living day by day, yeah. but it's stacking into this good week. Yeah. So Knowing that those things are coming allows you to redirect, right? If like you, and I call it hurricanes and tornadoes. Mm-hmm. Hurricane is like, you know, you see it on the news for a week before it comes and you right. have time to prepare. You can set the things aside. You can move some things around. You're like, okay, this is coming. Tornadoes are those things where like you're, you wake up and you got a flat tire. Yeah. You got to kind of just act on, you know, we got to get better at, you know, I talk about mental toughness a lot. The flat tire is not going to fix itself. You might have to Uber that day. You might have to change mm-hmm. some things. We just got to get through that day doing the best we can. I'm not going to be able to change at all. But like, hey, a tornado doesn't last for a week. Right. It lasts for a very short amount of time. So again, I, I use that analogy to just say, how, how can we look ahead for the hurricanes and prepare for those? And then with the tornadoes, we do the best that we possibly can, yeah. just knowing that it's not going to last forever. So that tornado, it's more of the process of, hey, I'm not going to have two bad days in a row. Right. Because we couldn't control this anyways. Right. You know, it's a borderline natural disaster, right? Right. It's happened. 
but we're not going to sulk about it for the next day because it already happened. So what do we do from here? Right. We have to make a move. So do you ever, um, usually Patrick and I are on the podcast and a lot of times, uh, you know, the things that we talk about, we're very clear that, you know, we're not here to tell you to never, ever make this potentially bad full decision, Mm. bad decision health wise. Maybe that's alcohol, sugar or something. You know, it happens. So if you know something like we just had a big weekend, 4th of July, right? That's a hurricane for a lot of people. They've known that's, they know they're going to party. They know they're going to celebrate with friends, family, whatever it is. Um, do you coach people on, Hey, because we know we have that come coming up. And potentially that whole day, you're not going to make a good decision mm-hmm. to plan pro, like a pre and post. Yeah. How do I come out of that type of thing? Yeah. Uh, do you work with people on that? I love that. And I love the, I love the way you phrase that too. To me, it's one of those things where if you, and I call these uncomfortable truths, where mm-hmm. these are just uncomfortable truths for, yeah. it's going to hit home for somebody. But if you are doing what you're supposed to be doing in the other areas of your life and you're eating well and you're working out well, you usually don't judge yourself for that bad holiday where you went off the rails. Right. The only reason we judge ourselves is because we had that bad day, but then we look in reverse and we're like, Ooh, I had a lot of those bad days. And right. now all of a sudden I feel guilty about this. So what happens with that is one landmine look ahead, right? Mm-hmm. Now we don't want to live, you know, we talk about being successful, but I, every time I say the word success, basically I pair it with fulfillment. Because mm-hmm. we don't want to be successful and unfulfilled. We totally. want to make sure that we make memories. We have hot, fun holidays. You know, I never tell anybody not to drink. I never tell anybody not to eat certain foods. We just want to make sure that it aligns with who we want to be. So going into a holiday, it's like, what good decisions can we make around it that are going to make us feel really good about that? I call this win-win trades, yep. right? If I love a, love me a good hot dog, right? Uh-huh. I will find it no matter what <laughs> happens, but I don't eat hot dogs all the time. Right. So like when I find one on July 4th, it's like, I feel so great about that. I don't look around and be like, man, I shouldn't eat that. There's yeah. a salad right over there. What was I doing? It's like, nah, that was a one-off. That's a fun thing. It made me feel good. To me, that's a win-win trade. It felt good in the moment. And tomorrow I'm going to wake up. I'm not going to judge myself. Not going to yeah. feel bad. That's a win also. We want to avoid the win now, loss later. If we go out and we have a couple of drinks like we were planning on mm-hmm. and all of a sudden a couple of drinks turns into eight, well, that wasn't the plan. It yeah. felt like a win in the moment, but tomorrow when I wake up and I don't do a thing all day, that's a win loss. That was a win last night, but it's a loss today. That ends up being we break even. Mm-hmm. When we talk about high performance, we want to have as many win-wins in our life as possible. How can I make a good decision now that also I feel really proud about in an hour, tomorrow, in a month, in a year? where avoiding those decisions where I'm choosing comfort now or I'm choosing something that I think is going to be great right now, but immediately down the road, it's reminded that it's a loss. Right. You find that that is a great way to stay stuck because we think we're doing the right thing. We think we're enjoying the moment, but if tomorrow we wake up and we beat ourselves up because we're not hitting our fitness goals and it didn't help us get that then we didn't really win that yeah. day, did we? Right. It's kind of cost us something. I think that goes back to some of the uncomfortable truths you were talking about. If uh, you know, you're that person that you're like, maybe I just can't put myself in that drinking scenario. Right. Cause it's not going to be too casual cocktails. It's going to be too much. And then I'm going to pull a different lever and say, I'm going to eat this bad nutrition yeah. as well. Like we're going to go for the pizza or I'm going to stay up super late and like throw off that whole next day. Yeah. How do you coach people to, um, if, if they know there's something that, we talked about maybe it's course correcting or changing trajectory a little bit, or hopefully it's just more altitude, but being resilient and only making that change mm. and not letting everything kind of come in where it's like, now we're, we're not going to sleep. Now we're going to yeah. skip the gym. Now yeah. we're going to, so snowballing, so to speak. And yeah. To hone that in a little more, do you have a method 
to help people kind of self-assess or like stay present in that moment to not make, have these decisions like negatively habit stack? Yeah, I think, I think it, it does come down to kind of going in with a plan, right? It's like a, a, a crazy wild night usually happens because something happened and then something happened and then mm-hmm. something happened, right? If, if you know it's going to be wild and crazy, just block off the next day. You're good. Yeah. But we want to make sure that it's, it's, it's back to grabbing the wheel. It's mm-hmm. back to being like, hey, can, how can I make as many conscious decisions tonight as opposed to leaving it all up for grabs? Right? Because you can walk into landmines on any given night. Right. So I, I kind of have, uh, we've had we've had clients in the past that that alcohol is something that they want to get a better grasp on, you know, build a healthy relationship on. I know you guys did a podcast on it, an episode yeah, yeah. a couple of times ago. It was great. And, and I think that it's one of those things where if you go in with a game plan of being like, I'm not going to resist myself from drinking. But what I am going to do is I'm, it's a Thursday night and on Thursday nights, I only have three drinks. If you go in with that and say like, I only have two or three drinks. Mm -hmm. Now it's not, you don't feel like I can't have more than three drinks. You see how that's worded differently? Yeah, I can't do something is immediate resistance. And now all I want to do is fight against that. Right. But if I go in and I take ownership of it and I just word it where I only do this. Yeah. Now it's like, that's a choice. Now I feel like I'm in control of that decision as opposed to feeling like somebody is in control of me or something is in control of me. Yeah. That's a really in line with something I would say we use this example with people of getting to the other side of the spectrum. Mm. Uh, Like for you and I right now, if we had a bunch of sugar, you very similar to me, probably get a headache, probably wouldn't feel that good. Yeah. But I'm sure you've had clients before where it's like, I really like you to cut back Mm. and, or maybe go to low to no sugar. And when they make that change, they're like, I feel like shit. Yeah. Like Brett's crazy. I feel way worse. He's dumb. There's no way this is like a thing I should be doing, but because they're existing on a different end of that spectrum. Yeah. Do you have a way to help expediate that for people? Because I feel, especially with nutrition, it's like, you're not going to feel it until you, you feel it. Like you make some of those changes. So do you have any methods, tricks, hacks, techniques to kind of get people to there faster? Yeah. And I think it, it's one of those things where unfortunately they have to experience it themselves and that light bulb will come off. But I do think talking it out is great. Like we just had, we just came off of uh, July 4th and we yeah. had, you know, we had one of our program calls and hearing somebody else start by saying, I had such a great weekend. And then telling me why they had a great weekend and was like, well, I still had, you know, I had some drinks, I ate some good food, but I didn't eat as badly as I would have. And I did all this. And then Tuesday, I feel like I hit the ground running again. And all of a sudden I'm like, let me back you up real quick. First thing you said was you had a great weekend. If I would ask you five days ago what a great weekend was, it might have looked different than you're just telling me now. So you proved to yourself that you can eat pretty good. You can go on two hikes. You can still have a hot dog, still eat whatever you want, right. and you can still have a great week and still and not be hung over for four days. Yeah. What they're doing is they're rewriting what they're used to seeing on that time, or they're rewriting what no sugar looks like, or they're rewriting, hey, like, well, I can't have dessert is different than I eat dessert. Every once in a while, every couple of days, it's a bowl of fruit. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, again, there's ownership there. So I have just found in the past, like, sometimes people want me to be like, just tell me what to do. I'm going to guide you to make the best decisions for yourself. I'm going to I'm gonna assist you in that. But what mm-hmm. happens is if I tell you what to do, it's going to sound the same way of me being like, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't. It's no different than mom telling us to go clean our room. Right. You got to be part of the process. So I allow them to be part of the building process. Now, it's not, oh, I'm not doing that because Brett told me. It's like, I committed to this. I set my goals. I set my commitments. Now I'm now I'm letting myself down more than I'm letting. Don't don't. Who cares about letting me down? Yeah. I don't want you to let yourself down. And it's a different process when they're part of the ownership process. I couldn't agree more with that part. Um, 
you know, we've covered a lot of great aspects. I want to do my best to kind of give a little summary for everybody yeah, and then please. add on whatever else you'd like. Um, I feel like from the, from the jump, what you said, as far as the, the biggest mistake, people being unrealistic in the sense of, is that something you could do at your absolute best? Or is that something we can be consistent with? So think about it more like that. Just like getting better at a sport, you're not committing to out one to two hours of practice to start but yeah. something simple, mm-hmm. you know, maybe just watching a YouTube every video every day to get you a little better. So building something that you can be consistent with, even on that worst day. Um, after that, really the consistency itself was key to continue to keep that plane moving in the right direction, but also the consistency that if we do slip up a little bit and it's going to happen that we course correct quickly yeah. and not let that linger, linger, linger. And then it's more resistance even to course correct. And we're using a lot of energy just to get back to baseline instead of using energy to move forward. Absolutely. And, and being okay with if you're a five day a week exerciser and you're going through a crazy phase of life, as opposed to being like, well, if I can't get five, I'm going to get zero. Be like, you know, be okay with getting two. Be okay with getting 15 minute workouts as opposed to like you said, an right. hour. And it's just going to keep it consistent. And you honestly, even though you may be used to an hour, you're going to feel so much better with a daily 15 minute anything than a zero thing for weeks on weeks. So yeah, totally agree with that. And then I think um, one of the last things we talked about as far as the accountability is having your client, having the person be involved and making sure that you're involved in the process. Um, And I say this for all of our listeners, if you have a goal that you want to achieve, Google doesn't know you. Um, well, sadly, it knows way more about you than you. Yeah, it might but, know more than we think it does. So. Actually, just Google, what are my goals? But um, You've been talking about this yeah. a lot lately. Yeah. All, all joking aside, it doesn't know you to the level of exactly what you do with your day, um, your mindset about it, the reason that you want these goals. So I say that because you're not going to find an answer out there. You need to partner with someone and that's something we're big on is partnering in this journey with our clients. Mm. And you have to be able to be open, share all these other aspects. What is your life at home like? What are the typical roadblocks that come up so that we can create a plan that actually works and mm. something that you can, you know, work with. You know, um, when you're interacting with Brett, it's no interact different than interacting with us in the sense of our job is really to make that blueprint, to make a design that you can follow but not to do every single part because even if no matter how skilled we were at it, we can't do certain parts. Mm. Only you can do it for yourself, whether that's what you put in your body, what you think in your mind, how we move our body. So seek the help to get the guidance, to get that course that's going to work for you. Um, And then we'll teach you to kind of fly the plane as we go, but we want to keep you kind of on that direction. So I really encourage anyone to reach out to, um, you know, find that person to help create this for you, but you have to want to be involved and want to be a part of it. Yeah. One of my favorite lines is, is I'll never work with somebody who isn't willing to go 51%. I can want it so bad. And you, you too, like there's mm-hmm. clients where it's just like, man, I want it so bad for them, but the most that we can ever want it for them is 49%. If they're not willing to go 51 change will never yeah. happen. You got to be the owner. You got to be the owner of it. You have to be the my, you know, the majority owner of your life. Totally. And I talk about the CEO mindset because I have a lot of clients that you know tend to be CEOs when I work one-on-one with them. But you got to be the CEO of your life too. Like you have to be okay making decisions. You got to be willing to you know handle the challenges. And if things are going right or wrong, you got to take ownership over both of that. And the best part of that is you're also the, the change, right? Yeah, Anytime you want to change something, you have control. 
So a um, couple things, where can people interact with you? Um, is it your website, social media? How can they get more information from you? Yeah, my website is motivatedbybrett.com. All of my stuff, my courses, uh, programs that I run are all up there. I'm on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, all Brett Eaton. I think Instagram is Brett Eaton underscore. Um, also have a podcast called the Better You Blueprint Podcast, which I co-host with uh, my friend Curtis. And that also, you talked about blueprint. Love that word because yeah. that also happens to be the name of one of, my, <laughs> one of my group programs is the Better You Blueprint. And Perfect. you nailed it as far as just, you know, you, you, you the blueprint, there isn't just a one size fits all. It's creating that blueprint that says, this works for me. I can maintain this. And this is going to get me where I want to go. So I so, appreciate that. Everyone, uh, definitely check out Brett's podcast, check out the website, follow him on Instagram, give him a follow so you can keep up uh, with what he's doing, how he's helping people. Is there anything else that you would add, um, you know, one big takeaway or something else you just want to get off your chest? Um, I will probably, I'll throw in one of my favorite little uh, kind of sayings here is, is the ABC method. And for anybody out there getting started, whether you've been successful or just getting started on it, the ABC method is how to build confidence in any new habit or how to build confidence in a routine. And the ABC stands for action builds confidence. And so many times we sit around and we say, man, if I just had the confidence, I would go to the gym. If I just had the confidence, I would go talk to that person. If I just had the confidence, I would start that business. Well, what happens is it works in the exact opposite direction. We take the action on the thing. We step foot in the gym and we immediately feel more confident about going there. We, you know, take, we, we fill out a resume. We immediately feel more confident about, Hey, maybe, maybe there is another job out there that will fulfill me. So if you're sitting there and you're like, man, I'm just lacking confidence in this area, I challenge you take a small step of action and you will immediately feel more confident there. Thank you so much. Very well said. Uh, Brett Eaton, everybody, definitely check him out and uh, pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you, Dr. Sam. This was awesome. Appreciate you, man.